This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. This week on the Relic Radio Show, our hour of radio drama begins with the adventures of the Falcon. We'll hear the case of the Quarrelsome Quartet from September 3rd, 1950. After that, it's Frontier Gentleman, an Indian lover, his story from September 21st, 1958. Hello? Yes, this is the Falcon speaking. Oh, Nina. I'm glad you called. You'll have to count me out tonight, Angel. I'm in the middle of a hot deal. Mm -hmm. Some boys I know are interested in the big money, and they figure if we put all our capital in a gun, we ought to make a killing. The Kraft Foods Company brings you The Adventures of the Falcon, starring Les Damon. You met the Falcon first in his best-selling novels. Then you saw him in his thrilling motion picture series. Now join him on the air when the Falcon solves... The Case of the Quarrelsome Quartet. Before the Falcon starts on tonight's case, I'd like to say just a word about something extra delicious. Kraft mayonnaise. Here's really true mayonnaise at its finest. One taste will tell you that. Just one taste of delicate, exquisitely flavored Kraft mayonnaise will tell you that here is mayonnaise to delight even the fussiest cook. Try it. Try it and see for yourself. Tomorrow when you shop, get a jar of wonderful-tasting Kraft mayonnaise. And now, the case of the Quarrelsome Quartet. It's late evening in New York, and in a shabby apartment on Manhattan's west side, a short, heavy-set boy named Dixie Taylor watches his companion, Georgie Reynolds, attack an age-old problem, how to dispose of an empty bottle. But George is equal to the occasion, for spying the fireplace, he comes up with a practical solution. Well, I guess that's one way to get rid of your empties. Anybody ask you, Taylor? No. All right, then shut your face. Hazel? Hey! You want me, George? No, I was just rehearsing. I'm going in for hard calling. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. I was busy. Well, I hope I wasn't interrupting anything important. No, honey. Get me another bottle. Well, darling, don't Didn't you Didn't think... I tell you something? All right, George. There's one in my bedroom closet. Well, what are you staring at, Dixie? I was just wondering about Hazel. Well, don't. If you're going to do any wondering, think about Martinez. Although he'll be here. Yeah, when? He was due an hour ago. Or maybe he had some trouble finding Saunders. Oh, that's just ducky. What goes on with you guys anyway? Do I have to oh, tell you... probably Martinez and Saunders now. Hazel? Yes, George? Didn't you hear that? Well, I was trying to get... Never that... mind the alibis, that's... Yeah, just a second. Hello, Hazel. Hello, Mr. Martinez. Your boyfriend here? Yeah, we're in the kitchen. Come on in, bring your friend with you. Hi, Georgie. Hello, Taylor. Hello, Louie. Well, you took your own sweet time getting here, Martinez. Well, I have a little bit trouble finding Mr. Saunders here. Gentlemen. Bring in a couple of chairs, Hazel. Yes, dear. All right, now go on. Go on, beat it. But, darling... I said beat it. 
These fellas and I have some business to discuss. Hey, well, Martinez, did you tell Saunders what I lined up? No, I think was maybe better I leave that for you. It's a snatch, Saunders. A what? A snatch. That's what I thought you said. Well, it's been nice knowing you, gentlemen. Sit down, Saunders. No, thanks, I'm not interested. It cost you something to listen? All right. Ever hear of Big Joe Gallagher? Well, enough to know that if he's the party you got in mind, you can include me out, as the saying goes. Now, don't be a jerk, Saunders. Sure, Gallagher's a big rackets boy, but that's just why we can get away with this. You're crazy. Now, look, Martinez, why didn't you tell Let me that... Georgie finish. Dixie and I used to work for Gallagher. We know what makes him tick. A guy in his position would never yell copper. Yes, but there's one thing you're overlooking. From what I know of Mr. Gallagher, he never goes anywhere without two or three of his boys. How are you going to separate the wheat from the chaff? I got it all figured out. Gallagher's a ladies' man, see? Now, if a babe were to call him up and arrange a blind date, it's dollars to donuts he'd go for it. I doubt it. Don't tell me. I've seen it work a dozen times. You got the girl? Yeah. Yeah, Hazel, the one who let you in. I suppose she talks. She wouldn't dare. Besides, she doesn't have to know what's going on. I'll tell her the whole thing's a gag. Where do I come in? Hazel will arrange to meet Gallagher at the 49 Club. You and Martinez will pick him up. What about you and Taylor? Oh, we can't take a chance. He knows us. Well, what do you say, Saunders? You think this will work, Martinez? Why not? Georgie's got all the angles figured out. (laughs) So it would seem. Okay, gentlemen... Deal me in. Yeah? I'd like to speak to Mr. Gallagher, please. Uh, Who wants him? Well, he wouldn't know me, but you can tell him I'm a friend of Gloria Wilson. I never heard of her. Are you, Mr. Gallagher? Yeah, that's right. Well, Gloria made me promise to look you up when I got to New York. I'm sorry, sister. I don't know anybody by that handle. She was a chorus girl at Pirandello's. Hey, wait a minute, baby. What's your name? Hazel Wolf. Uh, you look anything like you sound, Hazel? <laughs> oh, now, really, Mr. No Gallagher. kidding, because if you do, I'd like to see you. Uh, I'm afraid that's out of the question, Mr. Gallagher. I'm flying to the coast tonight. Ah, uh-huh. what time? Quarter after one. Well, that still gives us three hours to get acquainted. What do you say, baby? Mm, all right. But uh, you'll have to meet me here. You see, I'm expecting friends. Oh, that's okay. Where are you? It's a little place called the 49 Club. Do you know it? No, but I'll manage. Uh, uh, what color dress you wearing? Blue. <laughs> My favorite color. Okay, Hazel. I'll see you in 20 minutes. <laughs> Uh, who, me? Yeah, you wouldn't happen to have no seen a blonde around, huh? Uh, blue dress? Yeah, that's right. I'm glad to know you, Mr. Gallagher. Oh, uh, who are you? Hazel's cousin. Didn't she tell you we're having a little farewell party in her honor? Well, she said something about friends. Oh, now don't get frightened. We'll be pushing off in a few minutes, and that'll give you enough time to talk to Hazel alone. Uh, where is she? She's in the back room with the rest of the family. Well, let's go. Uh, right down here. Uh, by the way, fella, I don't believe I caught your name. Well, it's the same as Hazel's. <laughs> Related on your father's side. Yes, that's right. Oh, uh, here we are. Hiya, fellas. Hello, Louie. This is uh, Hazel's friend. 
Pleasure to know you, Mr. Gallagher. Where's Hazel? Oh, she just stepped out for a minute. Well, where's the rest of the crowd? Crowd? Yeah, her cousin told me she had a flock of relatives down here. <laughs> Never believe Saunders. He's a big joker. Saunders? I thought his name was Walsh. What goes on here, anyway? Watch him, Saunders. Just keep those hands where they are, Mr. Gallagher. Frisky Martinez. Get your hands ah, off me. Don't get excited, Mr. Gallagher. He's bad for your blood pressure. Is he clean? He's now. Good. Would you be kind enough to accompany us, Mr. Gallagher? Oh, no, you're not getting me to walk out of here. Well, as long as you feel... You have to hand it to him, Martinez. He said he wasn't walking out of here, and uh, he was right. Anyway, got the time, Dixie. You asked me that just five minutes ago, George. Now don't get smart. Think anything could have gone wrong? Not a chance. What'd you tell Galga's wife? Just what you told me. I said we had a husband, and if she wanted them back, she was to dig up a hundred grand. Yeah, maybe I should have gone for it myself instead of sending Saunders a Martinez. What are you worried about, Georgie? They managed the snatch, all right. Yeah, but how do I know that they're George. Able... I'll get it. Hello, George. You got it, Saunders? What does this bag look like? All right, let me have it. How'd it go off? All the clockworks. As soon as Mrs. Gallagher gave us the money, I gave her the key and took her away to find her husband. Oh, nice work, Louie. Yes, I guess congratulations are in order all around. $100,000. Just, just think of it. You think of it, Saunders. Because that's as close as you're getting to it. What do you mean, George? Well, I tell you, friend, it's like this. The boys and I had a little talk. And you decided why split four ways, huh? Well, you catch on fast. But didn't you think I'd have anything to say about that? I put away that gun, Saunders. Uh, Yeah, Georgie was only clowning. Yes, I'll bet. You know, I'm a little surprised at you, Dixie. Uh, Look, if if we were going to double-cross you, you think we'd send you for the dough? Sure, that doesn't make sense, does it? No, don't move, Palsy. Just drop the gun. Nice going, Martinez. Well, Mr. Smart Guy, what do you say? That's enough, Georgie. Go on, Saunders. Bait it. All right. Gentlemen, if this little get-together hasn't been pleasant, it it has been informative. Well, I'll be very glad to show you what I learned next time we meet. I'm looking for a Michael Waring, private detective called the Falcon. Well, you picked the right place. Oh, are you... Mm-hmm. Come on in, Angel. And... Thank you. Sit down. I suppose I should introduce myself. It's customary. Uh, well, my name is Hazel Walsh. Hazel Walsh? Oh, that's right. Who recommended me? Well, I remembered hearing about the Falcon years ago. And you filed the information away for this more convenient date, hmm? Uh, yes. <laughs> Are you available for a case? At $50 a day and expenses, I am. What's your problem? Well, it's really not my problem, Mr. Waring. A, a girlfriend of mine is engaged to some man, and she believes that he's done something... Uh, Crooked? Of course not. All right, let's call it unethical. Go on. Well, uh, if the man ever was caught, 
Could they force my friend to be a witness against him? They certainly could. Even though she found out about it by accident? Doesn't make any difference, Miss Walsh. Well, isn't there anything she can do? Nope. Only if she were married to him could she refuse to testify. Well, if we got married... I mean, if they got married, I... <laughs> Let's use the first example, Hazel. It'll be easier on us both. Now, look here, Mr. Wayne. No, you look, Angel. You're obviously in some sort of a jam. Now, what is it? I tell you, you're wrong. What did your boyfriend do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. All right. I suppose you tell me his name. It's... Uh, Harry Prescott. Come on, Hazel. What's his name? Well, you have no right to question me like this. No, but the police have. But you... You're not going to call him? No. Well, it, it's George Reynolds. He the same Georgie Reynolds who used to run with the Gallagher mob? No. Uh, no, it's not that one at all. Uh-huh. Well, suppose you introduce us and let me see for myself. Hmm? I'm an easy man to convince. sounds as though Mike follows that good old theory that seeing is believing. Of course, that's a pretty smart idea, I think. And it's a good one for everyone to follow when it comes to food. For example, I can tell you how satiny smooth Kraft mayonnaise is. What an amazing, creamy, rich texture it has because of the special way Kraft blends it. But to really appreciate just how smooth Kraft Kitchen Fresh mayonnaise is, get a jar and see for yourself. That way you can taste for yourself, too. You won't have to take my word for it that Kraft mayonnaise is especially good, with a delicate, delightful flavor, the result of careful blending of only the finest oils and eggs, the most fragrant vinegars and spices. Yes, the best way to tell is to taste Kraft mayonnaise yourself. Try it on a cool and colorful salad of hollowed-out tomatoes topped with spicy deviled eggs and garnished with fresh and tangy watercress. It's really delicious. So tomorrow when you shop, Get a jar of Kraft Kitchen Fresh Mayonnaise. Whether you're serving a simple, everyday kind of salad or a fancy company special, you'll enjoy it more with true mayonnaise at its finest. Kraft Mayonnaise. Now back to the adventures of the Falcon. Fifteen minutes have passed since Hazel Walsh introduced herself to Mike Waring, and now the two are on their way to Georgie Reynolds' apartment. And strangely enough, Miss Walsh doesn't seem too delighted by the trip. I don't know why I let you talk me into this, Mr. Waring. Simple, Hazel. You're the kind of girl who's taken such a licking you could be talked into anything. That's a lie. All right, then why did you bring me here? Because I thought you could help George. Well, if it's the same George I think it is, you'll have to get yourself another boy. Whatever made you tie up with a guy like that? I don't think that concerns you. That's the place? Yes. Can I help? No, thanks. Where's the light switch? Uh, a little over to your right. Have you got it? Yep. George! Stop that. I saw him. Now you stay where you are. Is he? Yes, he's nothing else but. Oh, no. Someone gave it to him right through the temple. George! Look, you get a grip on yourself. How can you talk to me like that when my fiancé's been murdered? I can talk to you like that because it's not your fiancé. What? This is a boy named Dixie Taylor. Now will you behave? I can't believe it, Miss 
to work. There must be some mistake. What's the matter, Hazel? You disappointed it isn't George? Of course not. Did you know Taylor? Uh, well, he was a friend of George's. I saw him around here once or twice. Who else was a member of this fraternity? Uh, just a man named Louis Martinez. Oh. Well, that's some select group. I've heard of all of them. Did they blackball anyone recently? I don't know what you mean. Did your boyfriend of the Martinez cross anyone lately? I don't think so. Hazel, you better stop lying. You don't do it very well. Well, there was a Nick Saunders. Good-looking boy, around 35? Yes. What did they fight about? I don't know. You think Saunders might have killed Dixie? I suppose so. How about George? No. Oh, Hazel, don't be a sucker. You think he'll appreciate your loyalty? Why don't you ask him, Mary? Georgie. All right, I will. Isn't it nice of her not to suspect you, George? Not to suspect me of what? Take a look under that blanket. Oh. Who did it? That's just what I was asking. You got any suggestions? Larry or one? Say, who invited you here anyway? She didn't. Oh, is that so? <sighs> Darling, I was only thinking of you. Now, that's the truth, George. Never have I seen a woman show so much concern. All right, Waring, beat it. I don't need you. How about Hazel? She don't need you either. Go on, Hazel, tell him. Uh, I made a mistake, Mr. Waring. I'm sorry. You mean that? Yes. Okay, so be it. Oh, when the police show up, tell them I had to leave. It'll huh? be a pleasure. Listen, Georgie, I, I know what you're going to say. Do you? Oh, darling, I was only thinking of you. I, I, I know what you, Dixie Martinez, did to Saunders. That's why I went to Waring. Well, that was smart. But I was worried about Saunders. And I'm worried about you, Hazel. You think you'll ever learn to keep your mouth shut? Or do I have to teach you? Corbett, this is Mike Waring. Ah, what's on your mind, Mike? Listen, what kind of caper has Georgie Reynolds pulled recently? Well, there's some talk going around that Big Joe Gallagher was snatched last week. Oh, that's crazy, Sergeant. I saw him on 48th Street yesterday. I know, but that's the story we got. According to one of my pet stoolies, his missus laid out a hundred grand to get him back. You think Georgie Reynolds was behind it? Wouldn't be at all surprised. Well, can't you do anything? You tell me how when we got no proof. Mrs. Gallagher hasn't seen fit to make a complaint. Was Nick Saunders in on it? You seem to know more about it than I do. What do you know about Saunders? Not quite enough, Sergeant. I'll let you know the minute I learn more. Oh, by the way, uh, there is a body over at Georgie Reynolds' apartment. Go over and pick it up like a good fellow, will you? <laughs> Yes? Hello, Saunders. Remember me? Oh, sure, sure. You're the uh, Falcon, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Can I come in? Why not? Sorry I can't offer you anything. Well, you never know unless you try. All right, Waring, what's on your mind? Well, I heard you and George Reynolds had a little trouble last night. You must be thinking of two other guys. Well, what gets me is why you took it out on Taylor. Taylor? Yeah, haven't you heard? He's dead. Not my old pal Dixie. Well, 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 what do you know? I know you better have a pretty good alibi handy. Come on, Saunders, get your coat. We're going to headquarters. Uh, just brief me on one thing, Waring. You're a private detective, aren't you? That's right. Now, where do you get off pushing people around? It's my hobby. You going to get your coat or will you go like that? Oh, act your age. Put away the gun, Saunders. 
Put it away. Wait, right. Cut it out. Go on, drop it. Oh, I... Drop it. it. All right, now what do you say, friend? Do we take that little ride I mentioned? Okay, Waring. But don't be surprised if someday I return the favor. <laughs> Is there a guy named Mike Waring here? That's me, Inspector. Come in here. I want to talk to you. Okay. See you later, Sergeant. Yeah, bad. Sit down, Waring. Oh, thanks. Sergeant Corbett tells me you're the boy who brought in Saunders. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Well, I'm glad you got a kick out of it, because I just talked to headquarters about you. What for? To see how they feel about attempted blackmail. What are you talking about? Didn't you try to shake down Saunders? Is that what he claimed? No, I can put two and two together myself. And you ought to go back to school, Inspector. There's something wrong with your arithmetic. I doubt it. When you start shoving a guy around just because he's got a record, there's only one answer. Oh, you're crazy. I tell you, Saunders killed Dixie Taylor. How? He shot him, that's how. From Philadelphia? Oh, what are you talking about? Going to the coroner, Dixie Taylor died at 8.30 p.m. So what? Well, at 8.25, Saunders was picked up by the Pennsylvania State Police for carrying a rod without a license. And he wasn't released until two hours later. Now, who doesn't know his arithmetic? Hello, Mike. What? Hazel. How did you get in here? The superintendent let me in. I've got to talk to you. Now, that makes us even, Angel, because I want to talk to you. Look, you've got to drop the case. Now, that raises a problem. How can I drop something I've never been paid for in the first place? I don't understand. I mean, if I'm going to work for free, I might as well do it for myself. You can't do that. Well, I'd like to see someone stop me. What's Georgie's phone number? Why? Because I want to talk to him. What about? The murder of Dixie Taylor. He doesn't know anything about it. Are you kidding? Now, what's the number? Come on, Hazel, I'm not clowning. It's Raleigh 4099. Now, cheer up, baby. When I get through with Mr. Reynolds, he won't ever lay a hand on you again. You don't hear me complain. <laughs> Next, you'll be telling me you love the guy. I do. Hello. Uh, is that you, Reynolds? No, this is Luis Martinez. Who are you? Mike Waring. Let me talk to George. I'm afraid that is out of the question. Listen, Martinez, if I have to come over there... He still won't do you any good. He's dead. He's what? Yeah. Someone fed him a dose of strychnine about an hour ago. And somehow we didn't seem to agree with him. <laughs> I don't believe it. Martinez was lying. I don't suppose we go over and check. But George is dead. Oh, come on, Hazel. Get a grip on yourself. You're better off without him. Oh, how can you talk that way? Because it's the truth. He was no good. That's a lie. Oh, don't give me that. You knew he was the brain behind the big Joe Gallagher snatch. No, you're wrong. Who are you kidding? Well, so incidentally, what happened to the loot? The loot? The ransom money Mrs. Gallagher paid off. How would I know? Well, you would if anybody would. You can't keep it, Angel. I didn't intend to. Then where is it? Well, they, they didn't tell me, but I, I watched them through the keyhole. Where did they put it? Under the middle cushion of the sofa in George's apartment. Okay, let's get it before someone else gets the same idea. I wouldn't be surprised if we're a little late now. You know what Mike said just now about getting there first... 
Sounds like the race that usually goes on at my house for the last piece of cold chicken in the refrigerator. But a chicken sandwich sure makes a swell snack, especially when you put lots of Kraft mayonnaise on the bread. Mmm, the delicate flavor of Kraft mayonnaise is just exactly what you want. And Kraft mayonnaise is so creamy, rich, and smooth. Just try it. For a grand sandwich spread, as well as for fine salads, there's nothing like true mayonnaise at its finest. Kraft Kitchen Fresh Mayonnaise. Now back to the adventures of the Falcon. A half hour has passed since Mike Waring learned that with the recent death of Georgie Reynolds and the earlier demise of Dixie Taylor, the original quartet was now working as a duo on $100,000 worth of loose notes. And now as we rejoin the team of Mark and Hazel, they're making their entrance at Georgie Reynolds' apartment. But Hazel seems to be suffering with a bad case of stage fright. What's the matter, Angel? Having trouble? I guess I'm a little nervous. Uh, Here, let me try. Ah, come in, folks. Louis. What do you expect? Shut the door, Waring. Look, Martin. I said shut the door. I'll raise him high. All right, you don't have to worry. I'm clean. I don't believe in taking chances. What's the matter? No sporting blood? Yeah, I guess I'm yellow. Too bad Georgie didn't have as much sense. Where is he? Move the club chair. What? Yeah, go on. He's behind it. That won't bring him back. You killed him? Well, while we are on this subject, where were you at 11.30? She was waiting for me in my apartment. Mm, Nice. Look, you better watch that mouth. And you better watch yours. All right, Hazel, where is it? Where is what? The dough we got from Gallagher. I don't know. Don't give me that. I want it, honey bunch, and nothing's going to keep me from it, understand? I wouldn't count on that, Louis. What? No, no, no. Don't bother turning around, Martinez. It's only me. Listen, Saunders. Don't mind if I do, Martinez, but first drop the gun. That's a sweetheart. You want me to pick it up? No, no, no. Don't trouble yourself, Waring. I can manage. Oh, what happened to Georgie? The same thing that happened to Dixie Taylor. And... He was such a sweet guy, wasn't he? Oh, by the way, when I walked in here, Martinez was asking you a question. I don't remember your answering it. Would you like to now? You'll never see a penny of that money. Come on, come on, Hazel. We're wasting time. Where is it? You better tell him, Angel. I think he means business. I do, and make no mistake about it. Uh, It's under the middle cushion of the sofa. What? Stay where you are, Martinez. I'll do my own checking. Oh, now, isn't that pretty? Listen, Saunders. I'm afraid I haven't the time, Louis. You have to find it, Saunders. What? Get down, Hazel! Had enough, Saunders? Yes, he has. Oh, hello, Sergeant. Hi, Mike. The inspector sent me around to apologize. Oh, what happened? Twenty minutes ago, a call came through from Philly that that Saunders they picked up there was this guy's cousin. I thought there was something screwy playing. Well, if you fellas don't mind... Uh, just a minute. Where are you going, Martinez? Well, I just figure it's no point of my hanging around just now. Well, you better get used to it, Louie. You're going to do quite a bit of it from now on. What are you talking about? You killed Dixie Taylor and George Reynolds. You're crazy. Well, maybe you're right. Here I've got you hanging when any kid knows that in New York they burn you. All right, Sergeant, prove it to him. Mike. Oh, don't say it, Angel. But I was just going to ask... Ask me to explain things, hmm? Well, yes. Well, I guess you're entitled to it. You see, this was a modern version of thieves falling out. When Louis Martinez saw how George double-crossed Saunders, it didn't take him long to figure that he was next... So he decided to beat your boyfriend to the punch. First he killed Dixie, which made it look bad for Saunders. And then to ensure his bet, he killed George. Then why did he wait at the house for us? Well, he had to. 
You were the only one who knew where the money was stashed. And until he got it, he'd committed two murders for nothing. Well, couldn't have Saunders have done that? Mm-mm. I knew Martinez was the killer long before Saunders ever showed up. How? Well, Martinez told us he hadn't called the police, so obviously there was no autopsy performed. Yet he knew exactly what poison killed George and the time he got it. Remember he told me over the phone that George had been fed a dose of strychnine an hour before I called? Mm -hmm. Well, now, how would he know that unless he was right there feeding it to him? Um, shall I tell you something? I wish you would. I lied to you about loving George, you see. Otherwise, I was afraid you might suspect me. Oh, I couldn't afford to, Angel. Uh, why not? Well, you're much prettier than Martinez and Saunders. Oh, I, I don't understand. Well, you see, I figured to wrap up this case around midnight. And if you were guilty, what would I do for a date? <laughs> Folks, here's sure, pure enjoyment for the whole family. Real, honest-to-goodness malteds made with Kraft chocolate-flavored malted milk. Easy to fix, too. You just make a tasty paste of Kraft malted milk in the bottom of a tall glass. Then fill the glass brimful of milk and stir it. Enjoy the best malted you ever put to your lips. Include Kraft malted milk on your shopping list for Tuesday. Enjoy a Kraft malted for snacks, with meals, or before bedtime. But be sure it's Kraft Malted Milk at your food store now. The Case of the Worried Champion. The Case of the Worried Champion. That's the title of next week's Adventure of the Falcon. When Mike Waring learns that a boxing title is something a number of people are willing to shoot for. So be sure to listen next week at this same time to another exciting adventure of the Falcon, brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company. The adventures of the Falcon are based on the famous character created by Drexel Drake, produced by Bernard L. Schubert, written today by Gene Wang, and directed by Richard Lewis. Music was by Arlo. Les Damon was starred as the Falcon, with Amzie Strickland as Hazel. This is Jay Jackson speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. I learned something of courage, integrity, and Indian affairs. This in Deadwood, Dakota Territory. Frontier Gentlemen. with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. In just a moment, we will bring you this latest report from the Frontier Gentlemen. Stars twinkle in the eyes of Mitch Miller every Sunday night over CBS Radio. Every Sunday, a galaxy of the brightest stars in the entertainment firmament shine when they visit Mitch and tell their intimate stories of their lives, their offbeat humorous anecdotes, and the truth about careers which rival fiction. Authors, artists, singers, and musicians, you really reach the stars when you join Mitch Miller Sundays over most of these stations. Don't miss CBS Radio's Mitch Miller Show tonight. Starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. 
A few weeks ago in Deadwood, I had attended the trial of a Sioux policeman named Crow Dog. He had killed a great chief, Spotted Tail, and refused to offer any defense for his crime. The man was convicted and sentenced to hang. When I returned from Cheyenne following the horse race, I found a message at my hotel asking me to call at my earliest convenience on Mr. Harry Clum, whom I remember to be Crow Dog's attorney. I went immediately to his office. Oh, uh, Mr. Kendall? Yes. I recall seeing you at the trial. Uh, won't you sit down? Thank you. <laughs> I understand you're to be uh, congratulated. Oh, <laughs> you mean winning the race? <laughs> well, I was lucky. Uh, you made quite a name for yourself between here and Cheyenne. Oh, I had good advice and a good horse. Oh, modesty, modesty. <laughs> I shall refrain from embarrassing you further. Now, let me speak of the subject at hand. You're a newspaper correspondent, are you not, Mr. Kendall? As I understand, writing for the uh, London Times. Yes. I assume that you've attended trials in the past, both here and in England. Several. Well, our procedures are perhaps somewhat crude in comparison to those you have witnessed, but I believe for the most part honest endeavors in the name of the law. And if you're referring to Crow Dog's trial, my think it was fair, yes. Ah, but justice it was not, sir. He didn't kill Spotted Tail? Yes, sir. Yes, he killed him. But why? Why? Are you suggesting self-defense? The white man's connotation, no. But to a Sioux, to Crow Dog, perhaps yes. You didn't mention anything like that during the trial. I couldn't. I was honor-bound not to. Crow Dog had sworn me to secrecy. In divulging what I believe to be true, you must give me your word of honor to respect the confidence, sir. Of course, but I don't see what... In order to save my client, Mr. Kendall, to put it bluntly, well, I wish you to intercede. How? What could I do? Well, sir, perhaps through the use of your great newspaper. I must exhaust every possibility to save Crow Dog. Time's growing short. Now, first, let me uh, tell you of the circumstances in the crime. Of course, you recall the victim Spotted Tail... Oh, yes. He was one of the chiefs who went to Washington for the conference in 1870, wasn't he? Exactly. Spotted yes. Tail, Sitting Bull, right. Red Cloud, yes. Swift Bear, a dozen more of the great chiefs. I remember. Yes. I shall not go into the devious maneuverings of plot, counterplot, jealousies, but suffice to say, uh, there were factions within the Sioux Nation constantly at war with each other, as well as the white man. Well, I... Now, uh, just uh, bear with me, sir. We come now to Crazy Horse. After his capture and treacherous imprisonment, he tried to escape. And was killed. Uh, murdered, perhaps, is the better word. Oh, well, uh, I'm afraid I don't follow you. What has this to do with Spotted Tail and Crow Dog? It was the followers of Spotted Tail who seized Crazy Horse, held him while the soldier bayoneted the chief. And Spotted Tail was an enemy of Crazy Horse? Mm, there are those who say so. Envy, hatred. And Crow Dog killed Spotted Tail for revenge. Uh, it's possible. Was Crow Dog a follower of Crazy Horse? I, I don't know. But you said he swore you to secrecy. He must have told you... Oh, he told me nothing. All that I have stated is surmise, sir. But I had reason to feel that it was close enough to the truth. I, uh, I took it to Crow Dog and suggested that we use it in his defense. Uh, he refused. Did he admit that it was true? Oh, he denied nothing, admitted nothing. All that he would say was that were such a defense to be used, it would rekindle the flames of jealousies, even war between the nations. And he still wouldn't tell you why he killed Spotted Tail? No, no, no. Perhaps inadvertently I'd stumbled on the reason. Now, according to Sue Custom, Crow Dog made a settlement with the relatives of the dead man. But because of Spotted Tail's importance, the government decided to prosecute Crow Dog. Mm. When is the day of execution? Well, sir, unless my plea for a stay is allowed, 
It's next week, Monday. Well, do you think if the facts, at least as you believe them to be, if they were known, it would make a difference? Well, it may, it might. But even were I to send my story to London, it would be weeks, even months before it's printed. Oh, I realize that, sir. But I thought that uh, you might have some influence with the authorities in uh, Washington. Oh, no, no, not the slightest. Now, the only thing I can suggest is that you try to make Crow Dog tell the truth as to why he killed Spotted Tail. I'm afraid it's useless. He's not afraid to die. In fact, he'd rather do so than divulge whatever reason he had for the killing. I don't think it would be much use, at least not to Crow Dog, but I should very much like to see him. Well, sir, I might be able to arrange that. If you'll talk to me, there's always the possibility that something will slip out. Hmm. Well, I'll go down and see John Molson. He's the jailer. A fair man. I'm sure he'll consent to the interview. The next evening, accompanied by Mr. Clum, I went to the jailhouse and there met John Molson, who had given his permission for us to see Crow Dog. I wish to show all the prisoners was as easy to handle as that engine. Make my work a lot easier. Uh, has he talked to you much, John? No, sir. Just polite is all. Uh, thanks for whatever little thing I can do to make his last days comfortable. These fine evenings, I give him leave to sit around in the courtyard. Ain't no call to leave a man locked up while he waits to die. Aren't you afraid he might try to escape? I asked him to give his word on that. He gave it. I trust him. Well, you'll be wanting to see him. Oh, uh, Mr. Kendall, uh, on second thought, I think perhaps it'd be best if I weren't present when you uh, interview him. He might not say anything at all, then. Tell him that I sent you. We're good friends. Shall I mention what we discussed? As a last resort, yes. Although he'll know I broke a confidence, but if you feel it to be helpful, by all means, yes. After all, sir, I am trying to save his life. I'll, uh, I'll just wait here, John. Sure, Mr. Clown. Hey, Crow Dog. You got a visitor to see. Do you ever say, I have a good memory for faces, but names? Well, then, how about recognizing voices? Could you identify a famous personage just by his voice? That's what Morning Amsterdam, Orson Bean, Dagmar, and Ralph Story will try to do today on Says Who. Maybe you can place the voice before the panel does when CBS Radio brings you Says Who over most of these stations. In any case, you can place the laughter because it'll be yours as you enjoy the sallies of the panel presided over by Henry Morgan on Says Who, today on many of these same stations. Crow Dog was a man of indeterminate age. Possibly because of his incarceration and the strain of waiting for execution, he appeared older than he actually was. He sat on a tree stump, a worn blanket wrapped about his shoulders, watching the lengthening shadows engulf the sunlit wall of the courtyard. As we approached, he looked up, then got to his feet, standing quietly, a little nod to his jailer, Molson. Hey, Crow Dog, uh, this fellow's Kendall. He writes on a newspaper a long, long way off, over big seas. A place called England. He's a friend of Mr. Clum. You are a friend of Mr. Clum? Yes. I said I'd like to talk to you, and he thought that you wouldn't mind. I not mind. I'll leave you fellas to powwow. Come on back to the office when you're through, Kendall. Right. Mr. Clum in good health? Yes. 
I not see him these past days. And he's working very hard to get you a stay of execution. He not be able to. I will die. Where did you learn to speak such good English, Crow Dog? Many places. I was interpreter between chiefs and soldiers. I learn more on reservation and when I become policeman. Mm. I was at your trial, and I've often wondered why you'd give no reason for what you did. The sun is almost gone. It becomes cool. We will walk, if you not mind. Mm, not at all. These walls, almost every day I see them. They grow closer to me. The courtyard is smaller. Have you got a family, Crow Dog? Yeah, family. Many relation. They are on reservation. Have they come to see you? No. This is a shame that cannot be. The white man's prison is not good place for family of Crow Dog. It is better for them to see me, remember me in other places at other times. You did kill Spotted Tail, didn't you? Yeah, I kill him. Do you think Mr. Clum is right in trying to save you from hanging? I kill as a Sioux. This a thing no white man can understand. Now, I die in the white man's way. A thing no Sioux understands. If you could go free, would you tell the truth as to why you killed Spotted Tail? No. It was a thing between us for no other ears. Was it because of Crazy Horse? Mr. Clum give his word to me. He has broken it. He wants to save you. He thought I might be able to help. He has told no one else. When he give his word, I trusted him as I would trust few white men. You can still trust him. The time for him to have broken his word was at the trial. He didn't do so. You can't blame him because he wants to help you now, before it's too late. He think what he wishes about Crazy Horse. I have nothing to say. Will you tell Mr. Molson there's a chill? I am ready to go inside. Yes. I... Wish I could do something to help you, Crow Dog. There is no need. I thank you. Goodbye. Oh, I figured you'd have been longer. Uh, he said he was getting cold, wanted to go back inside. Uh, I'll take care of it. I'll be right back. Well, Mr. Kendall, would he say anything? Nope. You mentioned Crazy Horse? Yes, I think it was a mistake. He seemed to feel worse about you breaking your word than the fact that he's going to hang. Uh, perhaps it was wrong, I don't know. It was a small hope at best. Except now I suppose he feels that he's lost his last friend. On what grounds have you applied for a stay of execution? <sighs> Flimsy, terribly weak. If the government is determined that he shall hang, and I'm afraid they are, there's no chance... I based it upon the fact that he had satisfied tribal law by paying the settlement. That if tribal custom forbade him giving just and good reason for his act, that in itself is mitigating circumstance, calling for a new trial. You know, from what I've seen out here, Mr. Clum, it must be very difficult to enforce your laws on the Indians. Oh, for both sides, sir, for both sides. We to impress our wills, they to understand why we do it. <laughs> Crow Dog said something like that when I was talking to him. Hmm. I sometimes wonder whether we're right, sir. 
We cheat, we lie to them and kill them, and then under the guise of Christianity, of civilization, we bring them to trial because they, they dare to emulate Andrews. us. Where is he? Crow dog. What? Why, he, uh, in the courtyard I left him there. He's not there no more. He... Oh, cussed sucking dog of a Sioux, he's oh. broke his word. Oh, I might have known. Never trust an Indian. He's gone over the wall. Seven Nights a Week is The World Tonight, summarizing the state of the world and peace around it. Lighting up the day's top features, frequently pinpointing the humor and the human interest underlying the day's top news. The World Tonight is the perfect way to finish your day fully informed. Listen tonight on CBS Radio for The World Tonight, coming your way on most of these same stations. Posse of deputies was hurriedly rounded up. They searched Deadwood and the outlying areas throughout the entire night, but Crow Dog had disappeared. The next morning, Mr. Clum and I were called down to John Molson's jail office. Another man was seated, obviously waiting for us. He chewed on a sliver of wood and had an odd habit of keeping his head lowered and watching us under the brim of his hat. His name was Gene Geddes. His badge proclaimed him a deputy marshal. I hear it was you, Kendall, was the last to see him. That's right. He give you any idea what he had in mind? Not that I can think of. Well, now, there's an important government prison escape. My job's to get him back for hanging, ain't that so, Molson? Yep. So if that engine said anything to you, maybe give us an idea where he's going. Well, that's what I want to hear about. Sorry, I can't help you. Well, what'd you talk about? His trial, testimony, or lack of it. I guess he told you he's innocent. They always are. No, as a matter of fact, no, he didn't. He spoke as a family. I asked if they had visited him. He said no. He didn't want them to see him in prison. Family, huh? Mm. I'll give you odds. That's where he's gone, then. To the reservation? Sure. Figures the rest of his kind will hide him out. Well, don't worry, Molson. I'll bring him back by hanging day. Uh, would you object if I rode with you? Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Kendall. This is government business. Well, I'm an accredited correspondent for the London Times. I'm going to write a report on this, and I'd rather get my information firsthand than to write what I'll have to imagine, you know. It's all right with me if the marshal says so. You'll have to see him first. The marshal was impressed with my credentials and had heard about my race from Deadwood to Cheyenne. I was given permission to accompany Geddes to the reservation. We left that afternoon. Is that the horse you won the race with? Yes. Don't look like he could have done it. He did. How come you're so interested in that engine, Crow Dog? I'd like to find out why he killed Spotted Tail. And after meeting him, I'd rather not see him hang. Well, mister, you being English and all, I guess you don't know about these people. I guess I'm being soft in the head to call them people, savages, near to animals or not. You ever fight them? I've had to, once or twice. You ever see what they do to folks? Women, children? It's not pleasant. Of course, I'm with you on one thing. Don't seem to matter if an Indian scalps another, but they got to learn the law. Keep them on the reservation and teach them the law. It's the only way. The only way for what? For peace. We licked him in war, now we got to keep him licked. Now, you take this crow dog. Like as not, he's got himself good and drunk by now, maybe done some more killing. 
Next thing you know, he'll up and kill a white man. Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. Well, you don't, huh? Well, I've seen raiding parties fresh off the reservation. I've seen what they've done to miners and settlers. Why do you think they'd do it? Why? Because they're no good red sons of guns who ain't got no more mine than a rattlesnake. I'm telling you. Biggest mistake we made was signing a peace. We should have killed every last one of them, then there'd be no more trouble. They ain't human. You mind if I ask you something? Why? Why do you hate Indians so much? Because a war party of Sioux killed my wife and two kids five years ago. They had to have a little fun first so they didn't die quick. That reason enough for you? His face livid, Geddes spurred his horse forward and rode on in front of me. That night we camped. We didn't say much to each other. There wasn't anything to say. He was a man dedicated to the extermination of Indians. He'd already told me his reasons. I had no inclination to argue with him. Two days later, we arrived at the reservation. Our presence was greeted with hostile silence, and it was some time before we gained the information as to where we could find the family lodge of Crow Dog. When we reached it, there was not a soul in sight. They knew we was coming we was ten miles off. How much you want to bet one of them's got Crow Dog hiding out? Well, I wouldn't want to bet. Let's have a look inside his lodge first. That's a waste of time. But you better keep your gun handy. They ain't beyond taking a scalp when there's a chance. Mr. Kendall. Huh. Crow Dog. And it's good to see you On again. your feet, Injun. Put away gun, white man. I am unarmed. That's good. Come on. No. I'm taking you back for hanging, Injun. That's the law. It's the law that if you try and stop me, I'll put a bullet right between your eyes. I have come back here to say goodbye to family and relations. When that is finished, I return to Deadwood and the hanging. You're going now. White man, you are on reservation. There are many Indians here. You kill me, it does not matter. I must die, as your law has said. But kill me here, and you and Mr. Kendall will both die. Injun, I'm telling you for the last Listen to time, what he's saying, Geddes. Don't be a fool. Mr. Kendall... I give my word. I go back. I believe you. You siding in with him, you an engine lover? I don't feel like dying because you want to kill this man. I'd rather take his word. Stinking engine. Whole place stinks of engine. Well, it don't matter to me. If he won't come peaceable now, the soldiers will catch up with him. I'm getting out. You go too, Mr. Kendall. Yes. I trust you, Crow Dog. I want you to know that Mr. Clum and I both trust you. We don't feel the way Geddes does. When I have said farewells, I go back. Geddes didn't return to Deadwood with me. He stopped at a stage station and proceeded to get very drunk. I stayed with him for a day, then decided to go on alone. Mr. Clum wasn't in his office when I rode into Deadwood, so I went down to the jailhouse. He was there with Molson, and a third man, Crow Dog. All right, Kendall. Where's Geddes? Oh, he'll be here later, a little trouble with his horse. Oh. Hello, Crow Dog. Glad to see you safe, Mr. Kendall. I'm glad to see you, Crow Dog. You 
Not expect to, huh? <laughs> I'm not sure I would have blamed you. In white man's eyes, I was a murderer. We must live as the white man tells us. So, I come back. Then you'd better return at once to the reservation, Crow Dog. Yeah, I go. Uh, go? What, what are you talking about? A pardon, Mr. Kendall. While he was gone, a pardon came. Crow Dog is a free man. Mr. Clem was never able to find out just why the pardon had been granted. Perhaps it was in part due to his eloquent appeal, and then again, the Indian agency may have felt an injustice had been done. It didn't really matter. For whatever reason, Crow Dog had gone home. Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Ralph Moody, Joseph Kearns, Stacey Harris, and Jack Moyles. Join us again next week for another report from the Frontier Gentleman, Bud Sewell speaking. from the Falcon Frontier Gentlemen, the Relic Radio Show, and old-time radio in general at relicradio.com. You can find all the other podcasts there and our Shoutcast stream. Lots to listen to. If you'd like to help support this and all of the shows, visit donate.relicradio.com. Your support makes all of this happen. Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Tuesday with another episode of the Relic Radio Show. (laughs) 